they are missing out on search because they're investing more of that money on marketplace. And the, the, the ROI, according at least to what shoppers say, doesn't seem to be there. We are very actively going back to all of our customers and making a strong recommendation that they put in that $380 a month on Microsoft because they're going to get results. The number one story for local SEO for auto in 2023 is multiple GMB, Google business profiles per auto dealership. You're listening to the Digital Data Cafe podcast, where we talk about everything data-driven in your world. Join us each week to hear from the world's top business and industry leaders on why using data in a digital world matters. Here's your host, Albert Thompson. Good afternoon. Thank you again. This is another episode I'm really excited about today because this is the first episode of our season two, 2023. I'm here with the one, the only Chris Lytle, CEO of DBA Platform. Chris, Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year, Albert. So glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for, for coming on. So can you believe it? It's been a whole year. I couldn't think of a better guest than you to come back and kick off 2023. Oh, well, you must have been, uh, you know, reading my mind over the break, man, because there are so many exciting things going on with search uh, in the automotive space and super excited to share some updates with you. Well, I'll tell you what, for the audience, um, you know, I'm excited to kick that off and I want to hear about search. I want to hear what Google's doing. But for those that don't know you, let's give them a quick kind of 30 second background. Who's Chris Lytle? What's DBA platform and, and what fences are you kicking down this year? Yeah, 100%. So, uh, you know, I'm a, a former Googler, spent 10 years as the global lead of local shopping. So, you know, intimately familiar with, you know, not only the Google local products, but also the Google local product engineers and the product managers and all the staff from the back end that make all these things happen. And so uh, my role when I was in that uh, position at Google was basically doing business development for local and finding great partners who could bring Google products to market. Um, in the course of doing that, I'd spent a lot of time with a great little company called DBA Platform, uh, and we did a lot of really exciting things, both in the automotive space and in the retail space. And, you know, one of the things that was so great about DBA, particularly for a guy that was in a big bureaucracy like Google, was that DBA just seemed to be able to move really quickly and make things happen. Um, so, you know, I'm excited by that. You know, I've got a startup background. My company got acquired by Google, and that's how I got there. So wow. I'm basically just taking, you know, my experience at Google and merging it with all the, the the great entrepreneurship at DBA platform. And we're really looking to make it easy for dealers and OEMs to get visible on Google, Microsoft, and other emerging search platforms, as well as retailers and, uh, and retail manufacturers. Well, you know, I um, I always get excited about it, uh, Chris, because when we met, um, you know, you guys were really tackling automotive and and what you've built in terms of how dealers and OEMs and and tier two agencies can can manage Google platforms has has been exciting. But you know what's even more exciting, and and I'm super hyped up about this conversation that we're gonna have today. Um, so why don't we just kick it off because you know your emergence into search and specifically VLA, right? Um, and for those that don't know, VLA vehicle listing ads, right, which is Google's new um, way of uh, you know putting uh, search um, vehicles in the search. Uh, tiles, you know, what do you think about VLA and, and how has it performed in, in 2022 and, and where do you see it going? Oh, yeah. Well, VLA has been a dynamite product for Google and a dynamite product for us. And I think what it really starts with is how compelling search is as a channel. 
Um, and there's some great data that, uh, you know, that I'd like to share with, the, with your team and hopefully we can get inserted into the, the video as well. There's a couple of really interesting stats that I wasn't aware of. Um, and basically Google and Kantar Media did a really great survey last year where they dug into the behaviors of automotive shoppers and they found some really interesting things. I mean, one of them was, was that the most useful source during a car purchase for shoppers was search. Um, and then after that, it was OEM sites, right? So 67% of auto shoppers said that search was the most useful channel they use when buying a car. And OEM sites were number two at 48%. And marketplaces were at 22%, right? And I think what's wow. interesting is there's been a lot of hype about marketplaces. They got a lot of money. They got a lot of BD people. They've been the shiny object in the room for a while. But that sure. enthusiasm has not translated into consumer enthusiasm. And when you actually get into the usage, it gets even more profound. So 79% of auto shoppers use search. Only 23% use social media and only 21% use marketplaces, right? So that is huge. And when you think about when people are asked that question, what channels did you use? And they talk about OEM sites and some of these other things. They got to the OEM site by searching Google. That's right. They didn't type in Mazda.com. They went to Google, they typed in Mazda. And so both Google and Microsoft have gotten really good at creating products, to your point, Albert, like VLA, that intercept the user. So I might just be doing research on an auto. And I might not be thinking that I'm going to be doing my shopping on Google. However, both Google and Microsoft are going to provide both organic and paid placements that are going to intercept those users. And that's where that VLA comes in. And when you think about it, Google and Microsoft have 97% of search between them. So if you got Google, if you got Microsoft, you pretty much got everybody. And one thing I wasn't aware of uh, is that, you know, you know, we kind of forget about Yahoo and companies like Ask and whatnot, but sure. Microsoft VLAs actually power a lot of these third-party search sites like Yahoo and Ask. So between Google and Microsoft, you're really going to cover that search market. Yeah, so this is really interesting. Um, I, I, not, I did not know these stats. I'm actually a little mind blown right now. Um, so 67% of the surveys uh, found SEM useful, but 79% actually conducted search as part of that automotive purchase journey. Um, but you're saying 97% between Google and Microsoft Bing encompasses that, that user search journey. What do you think that means in particular for, well, A, um, dealers, right? What does that mean for dealers in terms of how their ad spends going? And and B, what does that really mean for the, these marketplaces? I mean, is this something where dealers should be like pivoting and like, hey, go all in on, on search? What, what are your thoughts behind that? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at the data, when it says that only 22% of auto shoppers found a marketplace helpful and only 21% of shoppers, you know, use that channel at all, right? I mean, like what you're finding is basically one out of five people inter interacts with the marketplace. When you dissect some of these uh, earnings reports, some of these marketplaces, the, one, the, the big ones that you know, they're getting about $1,900 a rooftop. Yep. And when you think about the fact that VLA average spend on Google for our large base of customers, a, a statistically value, uh, uh, viable um, sample, they're spending about $1,000 a month, all right? And they're not, they're not eating up all the inventory and very few are doing Microsoft. So not surprisingly, my summation of it all is why spend a penny on marketplaces before you've maxed out what you're doing on Microsoft and Google? 
Well, and I've always been a huge advocate in, um, you know, ensuring that you're following the touch points of the consumer journey, right? So, you know, the consumer is starting their search on Google, right? It's very directional. I'm looking for a used Honda in Fairfax, Virginia. I'm looking for a used or a new Lincoln Navigator in, you know, Tyson's Corner, Virginia, whatever the case may be, right? Very directional, bottom funnel. Um, And so being able to position that inventory right in front of that shopper at the right moment, um, to me is exactly where if I'm a dealer, I want to be positioning my inventory. Um, but there's always been that fear of missing out, right? That fear right. of like, right. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm covered here. I'm covered here. I'm covering here, which has led to all of these, you know, first touch attribution, last touch attribution. Um, you know, I mean, do they need to be everywhere or do they need to just be here? Or do you think? Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is that like, like I always have a fear of missing out on a good hot dog. However, <laughs> I have a bigger fear of missing out on a delicious loaded Chicago dog, right? right. So yeah. I guess my point is that like people, of course the FOMO is natural, but That's they right. should be afraid of missing out on what's going on on Google and more importantly, Microsoft because the Microsoft opportunity is being missed. Yeah. The Google opportunity is being addressed, but it's being under-resourced. So they, they, my point is, is that they are missing out on search because they're investing more of that money on marketplace and the, the, the ROI, according at least to what shoppers say, doesn't seem to be there. Well, I think that's a good point then. So if there is this, you know, fear of missing out, and I think you're saying the biggest underutilization happens to be with what Microsoft is doing. Well, let's talk about that. So what is the comparison between Google and say Bing VLA? What would you say the big differentials are and, 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 and why, why both, or what's the difference between the two? Well, both should be there, right? I mean, like, so we've got a much larger base of folks that are on the Google VLA product right now. And as I said, they're spending about $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. um, And they're getting a search impression share of about 55% with that, right? So there's a lot of room for growth. When you think about um, Google's recommendation, they recommend about $3,000 a month, not surprisingly. But there are some benefits of where the AI does kick in. And we do see anecdotally that the cost per click does go down with increased ad spend. And we're preparing a summary to kind of dig into that. Now, what's really fascinating is what's going on with, with the Bing VLA. So- All right, I'm uh, pumped. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Let me hear about Bing. I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm embarrassed to say it because, man, I mean, like, this is my gig. And, like, I, I didn't realize how powerful this really is. But the bottom line is if you're following what's going on with Microsoft, they've announced they want to go from $10 billion to $20 billion in ads this year. And if they're going to emulate what the leader in the business does, it's pay-per-click ads and it's inventory pay-per-click ads, retail and vehicles where it's at. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's exciting about Bing is that like we have a good number, a a big enough sample of customers that are doing both that we're actually able to compare results between the two. And what we're finding is, is that they're very comparable. There is a slightly higher cost per click with Bing that we've seen, although we're working with the Bing team to optimize some of those things. But what we're finding is, whereas, you know, people are maxing out at about $1,000 a month on Google, they're spending $380 on Bing. Really? And getting comparable click-through. And what's interesting is, is that their average search impression share on Bing is very high, right? So we, we don't have enough of a sample size to quantify it as empirically as we do the 55% of market of search impression share that you get for $1,000, but $380 uh, dollars is going to get you probably closer to 80% impression share. And, you know, wow. people, 
kind of poo poo Bing, you know, it's always, I hear all the time, like, you know, the number one thing that people search for on Bing, it's Chrome and all those kind of things. Like that might be true. Um, there's still a ton of people using Bing. And a ton. Yeah, a ton, ton of people. Yes. And I used to be on the Chrome team uh, before I joined the local team. And so I, I spent a lot of time looking at what Google and Bing were doing in regards to browsers. And if you own the browser desktop, the default, the default search engine is you know, associated with the browser. And there are a ton of people that have work devices that they have been issued that in which they are not allowed to change their browser. And this is actually accelerated during the pandemic because you had a lot of in-office workers that were sent home with, with, with new laptops that were remotely administered. And those remotely administered laptops, there's no reason to add Chrome. Chrome doesn't even have like a, a support plan for it. So yep. if you're a serious IT, like Liberty Mutual kind of company, you're going to keep Bing on there, right? So, yep. and then everything, and I think anybody knows, anytime you get an update from Microsoft, they're trying to take over Bing again, right? They're trying to make Bing your default browser. So right. there is a big, big base of Bing users. And just anecdotally, I was uh, at a Ikea a couple of weeks ago, um, and I was working with, you know, their in-house kind of design staff, and they had a bunch of Microsoft devices they were working on. And they were all using Bing. And I asked them, like, hey, when it's slow, do you guys use this to, like, search for cars and stuff like that or products? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So what you're getting is, like, this kind of secret high-value customer that's flying under the radar. And the truth is, like, no one's using it yet, you know, or a very small percentage. So we're, we are very actively going back to all of our customers and making a strong recommendation that they put in that $380 a month on Microsoft because they're going to get results. You know, I, I don't think a lot of the audience today has even thought about that, Chris. Um, you're exactly right. From a from a corporate wide, you know, uh, device, you know, allocation, right, to to their users or to their employees is a better word. Um, that really can comprise of a significant amount of of users um, on the the Microsoft being devices or the Microsoft devices, and they're essentially. A, a built-in audience, right? So when it talks about, you know, being able to optimize um, their ads and getting it in front of this, like you said, very kind of under the radar audience, I mean, Bing has uh, the edge. Bing has the edge. I mean, like, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but like, but Albert, what's, what, you know, I think what's really fascinating, and like, I know that you guys do a lot of work in the cookie-less world, right? That's a right. I thought about this. Right. So as you know, in a cookie-less world, the value of a walled garden grows exponentially, right? They have first-party data. There's a couple of things that people don't think about when they think about Microsoft. They, right. uh, they own LinkedIn. Yep. They own LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is first-party data that can be applied to targeting, not yet, but like that, but like that's what they're able to bring. They're able to bring that audience and like they're under, you know, they're the 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 uh, ad tech behind the new Netflix, you know, free uh, option. They own Discord. Uh, they have all those online Office 365 users, you know. So they've got a lot of very valuable first-party data that, over the course of time, is going to enable them to do things that other folks won't. Um, and the, and again, this is where when you look at, you know, their their statements for the upcoming year. They're looking to double their ad business. They've been made a big investment and they're looking to monetize. Well, and, and here's the thing is, and, and I, I'm sure you know this, right? You know, Google search has always been primarily based off of expertise, authority, and trust, right? That's right. Um, and, and their searches are, are powered by machine-based algorithms, right? That 
look at users' previous search history, and then they locate and they generate results. Um, they've always been very link-oriented in terms of um, you know, the search engine results page. Um, and, and links matter, but with Microsoft Bing, and this has been our you know, take on it, they've been more focused on on-page um, optimization, more weight on the content um, that's well-optimized. And so titles, descriptions, URL, all of these things matter. So what are your thoughts in, in relation to how Google's approach has been really machine-based algorithms, link-driven, expertise, authority, and trust, and, and Bing's you know, guidelines, I think now that talks about even incorporating social signals into their algorithm. Yeah, I think it comes down to it, right? Like uh, algorithms are only as powerful as your user base, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the case of Google, I mean, obviously their audience is just, you know, orders of magnitude larger than Microsoft's very large audience. And as a result, they can take more confidence in algorithm-based, you know, serving. Microsoft is still trying to catch up. So those kind of more visible signals like, you know, site markup, right? Social signals, right. things that everybody right. can see or what they have to play with. Now, what's interesting is that as we kind of continue to, to, to gauge the, you know, the, uh, the Coke, Pepsi, you know, bake off there, I'm not convinced that one method is intrinsically better than the other. You know what I mean? I, I mean, right, so right. I'm excited to, to track yeah. that. And, um, and I'm excited to see them really competing, you know, because, you know, Microsoft has very much a chip on their shoulder, you know, like in the old, I mean, is it Avis? Yeah. You say we're number two, we try harder. Um, I think Microsoft has that mentality. And even on the organic side, they have some magnificent new updates for the auto marketplace that are getting ready to roll out. We actually have a, there's a new yeah. Microsoft solution that is going to be rolling out and we are hoping to get a announced for uh, NADA, but DBA platform is going to be the exclusive provider of this new marketplace solution and new OEM solution through the first half of 2023. And we're really excited about that. So uh, this is our breaking the news of it right here. Yeah, that's, a, yep, that's exciting. So that's what I was going to, that, that was actually what we were going to talk about next, right? Which is Microsoft is developing new innovative automotive products and, and DBA is sitting at the forefront of this, right? That's right. Um, and, you know, we've had the opportunity to work with Microsoft for quite some time. And, uh, you know, we work with them on both the retail side and on the vehicle side, which I think makes us kind of unique as a partner, both to Google and to Microsoft, because they've got their partners on one side or the other. And, you know, we actually bring it all into one spot. And uh, so like that, that, that's really one of the big differentiators. But, you know, the Microsoft product team is just really aggressive. And so one of the things that in this new marketplace solution that's going to be coming out um, is there's, there's going to be enhanced lead generation opportunities where actual lead capture is going to take place on that site, uh, on the marketplace, on the Google, excuse me, on the Microsoft property um, that will then be allowed to be passed over a completed lead over um, to the dealer, in addition to the standard kind of click over to the VDP. Um, some of the other things that are like really compelling are uh, an OEM marketplace that we're going to be bringing to market with them. Um, so, you know, we know that a lot of auto buying journeys start with, I know I want, you know, a particular make model, you know, I want to, right. I want a Pacer X, you know, and uh, I want to go evaluate all the AMC products. So they're starting with the brand search and having a really great experience for those OEMs but it's gonna bleed all directly into that local inventory, both organic and paid. And then there's even some really other, there's some really compelling things that they're doing. Uh, so there's actually a little Microsoft Auto app that you can mm -hmm. download now at the Microsoft Auto Place. And so it kind of gets baked into Windows and that you start seeing as you're using Edge offers for the cars that you've been looking for, regardless of the site that you're in. Really? Uh, 
So they're really starting to embrace the complete Windows environment and the browser in ways that Google really hasn't to date um, for a variety of reasons. So Microsoft is really baking in their natural advantages and creating some really new compelling products. So again, like Google has the bigger audience. Microsoft has a really powerful locked in audience. And I think they're being slightly more aggressive in innovating solutions around that. Well, uh, so, you know, the great thing about it is for those listening here today, um, they heard it here first, right? Cutting edge uh, Microsoft products uh, coming down the roadmap. That's um, that's some exciting stuff. Um, Chris, thank you for, for sharing that. But you said today um, that you can actually go and download this app to, uh, now on, on Bing. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I won't. Uh, I actually have it on my desktop right now. I wish it's got a, a nice little shortcut with a with it all. But I'll tell you what, maybe um, when we do the, the after edit, I can actually we'll give a link and all those kind of good things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have it pop up on the screen so the audience can see it. But that's that's really exciting because it sounds like, you know, even though Bing may be, you know, really kind of under. Um, you know, I guess size in terms of audience. It sounds like the product and the and the focus on the automotive sector in particular, as well as retail and 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 brands. Um, they're really aggressive in terms of how they're developing their automotive products and 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 DBA platform. Sounds like they're at the forefront of it. Um, so Absolutely. with that said, one of the things um, you know, that we've also talked about is. How do these, um, you know, additional sites that really become what I call product enhancements to our life, like ways, right? Um, you know, how do things like that, where do you see that in the future of automotive or for the consumer um, in the shopper? Yeah, Waze is really an interesting product. Um, you know, and it's funny because a lot of folks aren't even aware that Google owns Waze, you know, because it's like, gosh, really Google owns both Google Maps and Waze. And they're very different audiences, right? I mean, right. Uh, Google Maps has become almost like a, a, a another search engine. You know, like I, I get my, uh, I can see how busy a store is. I can see what what inventory they have at my local dealer. There's, I have reviews and all these kind of things. Waze is an app for drivers, right? right. It's it's forget it's for getting from point A to point B in the most efficient way. And they've got some really unique ad products that are a great fit. For, uh, for both OEMs and dealers, but particularly OEMs, I think. Uh, and they're more analogous to like a, like, like a billboard, like a digital at a home. It isn't a, it isn't a pay-per-click model. It mm -hmm. isn't, you know, it's more of an impression-based model, um, but you get, but they generate a tremendous amount of exposures. And so for people that are like, um, for like, like an OEM or for a, uh, like, or a financing company that's really targeting a DMA, Waze is a really compelling way to capture drivers. Um, and, a lot, and again, one that's being overlooked in a big way. So we did a, a webinar with them right before the holidays uh, with the Waze team, uh, and we're excited to add them to our roster of advertising solutions. Do you see Waze as, as a top funnel um, you know, play, I guess? You know, and where do you think it really fits in the ecosystem from a, from a marketer, right? If I'm a marketing team um, and, and we're looking to really either build our brand or we're looking to, you know, um, potentially, let's say I'm a car dealer and I want to focus on, you know, transactions. Uh, where do you see ways fitting in that, you know, that funnel? And and how do you think that brands, OEMs, or dealers can can best utilize ways as part of their ecosystem? I think there's a great opportunity for dealers, but I get most excited about ways for brands and 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 for financing companies too, right? Because when you talk about top of funnel, one thing that you know, as we talk to brands and related industries like the financing folks. They want to be more top of mind at the top of the funnel, right? So right. if I'm if I'm uh, thinking about buying a car 
I want to think that I'm buying that car with the right financing company in mind from day one, right? Yeah. The last thing that a, that a dealer wants is for the de- for the person to come in and say like I've already got it taken care of through Bank of America. <laughs> no, they want to have yep. their dealer, so you know their OEM associated financing there. So I think that, uh, but both the OEMs and the financing companies in particular are looking for those opportunities to be top of funnel. And so I think that's where Waze really plays a, an important part. And in addition, we're starting to do some things where we have OEMs that are doing vehicle listing ads. Hmm. on behalf of their local dealerships. And in that case, we can actually send people to a specific landing page. So imagine if you had a big financing company that wanted to be top of funnel with their dealers, they could buy VLAs for their local dealerships, have them go to a landing page that actually carried some additional branding for the financing company at the top. Hmm. Right? So they just top funnel, like, hey, look, just want to remind you that we're here for you and we have got great offers going on this month. So the opportunity for OEMs to be a real partner with their dealers with these kind of innovative co-op programs. We're seeing yeah, so I was going to say next. Yeah. How do you see this fitting in with co-op? Because that sounds like a straight co-op play or, or, or an opportunity for co-op. Yeah, absolutely. And so like what we're finding is that most of the, uh, the, the, the folks, the OEMs we're talking to, they're doing 100% co-op. And we've got programs in place where, you know, we can work things in a way where um, the dealer doesn't have to come out of pocket for the ad spend. That basically it's 100% co-op, but but we've engineered it in a way that the dollars never actually flow through the dealer. No, that's, that's, that's going to be game changing. And I think the dealers will absolutely take advantage of it. I mean, co-op dollars need to be spent. And, um, you know, if the OEM can benefit from it, utilize the VLA, get them to that landing page, continue to, you know, bring that customer down funnel. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. So let me ask you this, because I think a lot of our, um, you know, news that we're hearing, right. And, and things that are coming out, especially in automotive is, um, 2023, a lot of focus on SEO, right? And how organizations need to ensure, you know, technical performance on their sites, um, content, um, you know, brands are becoming more um, interested in how they can, you know, use their marketing budgets to tighten down to, you know, really lean into to SEO. Where do you see SEO fitting in terms of um, OEM interest and um, maybe particular even dealer uh, interest in terms of local, local ads? 100%. Like the, the number one story for local SEO for auto in 2023 is multiple GMB, Google business profiles per auto dealership. Google wants dealers to have three. They want right, you, have- Now you need to clear this up. I, I got to tell you, do you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's always been from the, um, the manufacturer, especially when I worked with, you know, like Infinity. And that was the that was the narrative that was the top down from Google. But I got to tell you, there have been rumors left, right. You know, no, it should be one. No, it should be two. No, Google's going to you punitive if you do three. Clear this up for us. You got to. There's no rumor about it. You get in the the horse's mouth. Um, So explicitly, Google wants you to have multiple per. And so there's some requirements around this. Right. You need to have. You know, you need to have a separate POS system. You need to have a, you know, a, a separate phone number. You know, like basically some of these things that are intrinsically different, right? Um, and and but 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 at a high level, the three areas that Google is expecting dealers to have Google business profiles is the sales office, which is what everybody has now. But there's yep. the service department can have its own listing. And when you think about the service department, 
that's a little bit different experience, right? Like, so if I call, if I go to the, my Google business profile for the sales uh, listing and I want to book an appointment, well, I want to book an appointment to take a test drive, right? Yeah. If I'm at the service department and I want to book an appointment, I want to book an appointment for service, right? Different systems, different endpoints. And then the yep. third area is in the parts department, right? The aftermarket parts. That's a very important one to Google because they want to get more local inventory data out in the public. So if I'm doing a search for brake shoes near me right. and my local dealer happens to have those parts, they're invisible on Google right now. We want to light those up. We want to make those available, right? And so when you think about those Google business profiles, you have slightly different experiences. Like if I have a chat, my, my, my chat integrated with my Google business profile for the parts yep. department, Yep. That's chat about like, hey, you know, I see that you've got this listed. You have it in stock right now at the moment. Bah, bah, bah. Yep. Chat with the service department, something different. Chat with the sales department, something different there. So if you're if dealers are running into problems getting that second and third uh, listing up, you're working with the wrong partner. Work with one of our work, work with the DBA platform agency partner and you yep. will get that listed as quickly as possible. And again, no, we do instant verification as well. That's what we're, we're a Google instant verification partner, which means that instead of having to go through the six to eight weeks of getting your site up and live, we can do it immediately. Yeah, no, and, and, and the whole DBA platform, and this is your expertise. This is exactly what you guys, I mean, you nailed the, the Google business profiles down um, in, in an automated way for, for scale and, and for being able to increase that, that ranking. Um, but I like what you just said. And I think, you know, maybe we should, you know, kind of touch in just a little bit further on some of these, I'm, I'm almost calling them like, you know, GBP hacks. Cause I don't think a lot of dealers know Chris today that, you know, um, multiple POS, I, I, I don't think they know that. Um, I also don't think that they have thought about possibly not using a different number. I bet you 90% of them will use the same number that then as the phone tree goes in, it says, Oh, for sales, press one, for service, press two, for parts, press three, right? So I'm going to use this same 888 number across all three of my GBP profiles. So I bet you that's one thing that dealers are not doing today. Um, and, and then the third thing is from a process and a, and a, and a dealer workflow system, how many of them do you think really have um, a managed uh, chat platform that's really handling it from the GBP level, not the site level? They don't yet. And I think this is the thing, right? I mean, I, I think that... Uh, People don't love chat on websites a lot. Right. When you look at the stats on Google's take rate on chat within Google Business Profile, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Right. And there's yes. something about it, I guess, that makes people feel less like they're dealing with someone who's trying to snarf their information. Of course, ironically, it's Google. So, like, um, <laughs> but the, the like the Google Business Chat is right. powerful. Um, and so, and, and so again, like, but you got to have a, you got to have a dedicated profile for those use cases in order to make it work. So, you know, as far as our, our thought process is like, get the listing and then you can layer in the appointment, to, you know, the appointment taking on Google business profile. You yep. can also layer in the chat. If you're, if it's your parts department, you bring in the retail product inventory. If it's the sales side, you, you know, you got your car inventory. Uh, and then, yeah, it gives you three chances to come up, you know, for very specific searches. So that yeah. you're not losing to, the, to, to Midas for muffler repair. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, and I think that's um, that's critical. And I, I really think that the, the audience, you know, listening to this is, is going to get a lot out of that because 
Um, those processes need to be built. And, you know, last time we spoke, we never really dug into some of the, the things that Google looks at. I know I might, I might be kind of throwing you off just a little bit here, nah, go for but, it. but in terms of like, you know, Hey, what are the factors that Google looks at or, and, and Bing, we don't want to not forget Bing also has a similar GDP type profile. Um, and maybe you should speak to that as well, but what are the factors that you see from either Google or from Bing that can um, help the search ranking? I mean, content safety, domain authority. Can you speak to some of those? Yeah, I mean, like, look, at the, at the end of the day, like a lot of the the what makes Google business profiles powerful is pretty well known, right? Like right. respond to your reviews quickly, right? Like uh, post content somewhat frequently, right? Just like just like Google, it, it, uh, when they look, when they evaluate a website, they look like how fresh is the content, right? right? So schedule a year's worth of posts in advance or a quarter's worth of posts in advance and just have them come out. Uh, seating. The Q&A section is something that folks don't do. So the question and answer yes. section is super powerful. Everything within there, within there is eligible to show up for a search term. So if you're a restaurant and you got a veal parm sandwich, maybe you might want to ask a question. How's the veal parm sandwich? You know what I mean? So like for a dealer, right. you know, like do you guys do window tinting or those kind of things? Because one of the things with the, in general, whether it's photos or whether it's reviews or whether uh, it's any of these things, question and answer, it's user-generated content. So yep. someone's going someone's gonna to answer those questions, right? Someone's going to post those photos. Someone's going to, you know, somebody's going to like post those reviews. Somebody better respond to them. So a lot of it is kind of getting, at the same time that you're letting Google know that you're doing all the things that you are a good, high-quality site that's providing fresh content, you're also preventing your site and you're maintaining well, from losing its brand identity because it's been taken over by user-generated content. Now, yeah. specifically, uploading inventory data uh, for cars in retail is really important because when you upload that feed, the product description, the vehicle description, yeah. all the terms within there are then indexed for search it for, for search terms. So if they're looking for um I don't know, like a natural wood sandal made out of hemp, uh, right, laces, right. whatever, like those terms, you might not be able to put them all like in your description up top, but like your product description will, will capture that. And again, like we know that so many of powerful search terms are like those long tail things that you might not think about buying. That's so right. having really descriptive uh, product descriptions uploaded with your inventory feed is among the most powerful things that we've seen. Yeah. And, and I think that there's really like 2.0 version of this, right. Which is, you know, um, and, and as we go to kind of close here, but um, being able to take that cars for sale or, you know, being able to put your inventory in there uh, and then being able to position those pages where brands can even participate um, and how they're advertising. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Cause I know this conversation is going to have to continue and, and there's things uh, that you've been working on. I don't even know if I'm allowed to even say it, but um, you know, we're talking about brand local a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like, look. So in general, what we're what we're really focused on is uh, there is a gap in co-op, right? I mean, mm -hmm. co-op used to be really well served when there were newspapers and direct mail was a thing. You know, it was really important. But now, as we have like these fractured audiences, right, on with television and whatnot. Yep. As newspapers have ceased to exist and circulars that go along with them cease to exist and direct mail has kind of died off, co-op money is sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And so what's needed is a co-op program that allows a brand OEM, whether they be retail or in the auto space, to drive results to that most important local distribution channel and do it in a way that 
doesn't incur a lot of friction. And by that, I mean, you're not going to your dealer or retailer and coming up with a long, onerous list of things they have to do. Hey, you got to put this sign up and you have to put this cut out here. And you need to take records of this and that. This is very simple. It's over the top. Basically, they work out a simple agreement. The brand gets access to the appropriate Google systems. And then we run the ad campaign on their behalf and we give the results back to both. So the OEM gets to look at ad results across all of their dealers and the dealer gets to see the results for the ads run by his OEM, his or her OEM, right? right. So it's a very, it's a, so a lot of it's in the reporting. And yep. I just think it's a super powerful way for brands and OEMs, manufacturers to partner with their dealers and retailers. And the response we've gotten has been phenomenal. It's it's going to be game changing, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, the 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 information stream always goes, you know, OEM down. It, it, it very it's hard for those OEMs to get that information, those data, the analytics analytics back upstream. Um, this is an opportunity for the OEM to participate in the overall um, understanding of how their dealers are performing, and the dealers get to win, right? At the end of the day, they get to win with the co-op um, advertising that otherwise wouldn't participate, and not just dealers, but retailers and local businesses as well. That's right. And when you think about the OEMs, I mean, like you know, they're get they're generating best practices across all their dealers, right? And yeah. we've got great agency partners that have, you know, a lot of great relationships. But, you know, in addition to that, you know, these brands have great relationships, too. So I think it's a great opportunity to get the OEMs engaged. And, uh, and, it's a, and frankly, it's another solution for our agency customers who are our primary customers to bring to their OEM customers. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be um, exciting. How, how long would you say till uh, the audience can start to expect to hear more about this? We're ready. Really? We're ready. Ready we're All right. Ready. All right. This is good. And then you're going to be at platform.com. You know, well, and you're going to be at NADA, right? And you're going to be at NADA, right? We are. We're not, we don't, we're not going to have a booth because, you know, like our, our customers are the people That's manning right. the booths, you know, uh, but we're going to be there and looking forward to having some great meetings with a lot of our, our friends and customers. Chris, as always, I appreciate it. So dbaplatform.com. This is exciting stuff on the uh, automotive products with Bing, automotive, uh, Insights with Waze. I mean, we talked about GMV, SEO, co-op or brands. I mean, geez, 2023. This is a, a blowout year for you guys. We're going to have to do another one soon and catch up on phase two. <laughs> phase two. So let's uh, let's put that on the books and let's do another uh, uh, video together. Dynamite. Thanks for having me, Albert. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.